Ladies and gentlemen, here we are, once again, coming at you from New Jersey, the capital of misery and the place where metal forgot to die. This is Ear Lies Metal, the podcast that brings you the origin, history, and culture of everything metal. I am Maledictus, and we shall be your overlords for today and all of eternity. Welcome. Dun, dun, dun. Now, finally, we're doing a um, playlist episode. We've been giving you all of the shitty news that's been going on in the metal world for the past few weeks because we're lazy. And I realize it's very difficult to put one of these episodes together. I mean, the research I had to do for this one and, you know, was was a, re- was a lot of work. And I haven't really been able to commit to that for a while. So, um... You know, we well, what are we talking about? We're talking about, wait a minute, everyone, wait a minute, wait for it, everyone. Now, I've, I wanted to do this one for a while, and I'm going to continue this series, because we're going to do different parts, different scenes of this, but today's episode is Florida Death Metal, or It's Never Sunny in Tampa, Florida, as I like to say. Uh, this will be on the Florida, specifically the Florida scene of death metal, as you all know. Some of the most iconic death metal bands are from the Tampa scene and Florida, mostly Tampa. I mean, there were a few death metal bands from the rest of Florida, but we're not going to really get into that much detail. We, we only have so much time here and so many bands and so much to say about them. And a lot of these bands are just very important in the scene in general. So we're really going to get into detail on where these bands came from and where they went and sort of the whole ancestral nature of the whole scene as most scenes and you know how it came out of Thrash and where it went. And where it is today. So, should we begin? We should. With this playlist we episode. Shall. Okay, let me. I, I, wrote, I wrote a monologue, of course. I haven't done that in a while. Uh, I haven't been willing to do that. So, strap in. You know, strap in, folks. Prepare, prepare for my maledictus monologue. Okay. Sometime. In the mid-1980s, during the seemingly never-ending reign of thrash metal, there were a few bands from every geographical scene that weren't afraid to take thrash to the next level. This handful of acts might have seen the writing on the wall as the 90s approached and thrash metal, along with more commercially available metal genres, were becoming bloated and saturated with a lot of throwaway acts. You could say by the early 90s, everyone had a thrash band and the genre was at its peak. However, this handful of bands from the Bay Area scene and some from the East Coast and some from Europe um, longed for that primitive evil sound found in, say, Venom's Welcome to Hell, or Celtic Frost Morbid Tales, or even Slayer's Hell Awaits, you know, the early stuff. Back to the roots. Also, like the thrash scene, this new budding movement in metal was eager to reunite with its original inspirational forebearers of hardcore punk of the early 80s as well. Something that seemed to be lost and forgotten in the current and late final stages of thrash metal. Some of these established thrash bands that refrained 
from the soul-selling MTV video exposure and the forced acoustical interludes with their overproduced metal masterpieces included the Bay Area's Possessed, or Germany's Creator, and even LA's more commercially available Slayer, who could be fairly given a lot of credit for metal's advancement into more extreme territory to this day. As it... It was because these select few thrash bands pushed the limits and refused to scale back their blast beats, satanic and gore-inspired lyrics, growling vocals, and controversial artwork that set the ground for the next movement in metal. Death metal! Now you know in that screed, I feel like you failed to mention hair metal. And well, I meant... Okay, what do I mean? hair metal um, may have had... Well, I, when I said um, thrash band and other commercially available, I meant hair metal. Oh, well. I meant that. I didn't want to get you to hair metal. Alluding to yes, because hair metal. Because hair, like I think hair metal followed the same course as thrash. Hair metal is obviously a lot more well, what's popular. What's the bloated thrash of the late '80s? Um, you could say by well, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was thrash was pretty strong until like the early '90s. You could say. Well, yeah, but we're talking about like. The beginnings of death metal. It came out of this thrash scene. You're saying as a reaction to an overbloat. Yeah. Or when the uh, scene gets too bloated. Okay, so there was too much going on. In it was all over it MTV. Was old. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was at its height. It, and it's. It's the time of the first, the big three concert. The. the um. It's like the famous concert, which was the end of thrash. It was the Titans. You know, the uh, Clash of the Titans, which was Megadeth, Anthrax, and a Slayer, and that was kind of like the end because that was like the biggest. That was like this huge thing. And that was like the last, and 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 the fourth band, and that was Alice in Chains. That was the spraying on the wall. Of course, death metal wasn't gonna fall to to this grunge or this new metal. The death metal was gonna like start from here. Death metal was start, even though death metal was available in the late '80s, wasn't really popular yet until the '90s. Obviously, got really popular in the '90s on Ace Ventura for God's sakes, um, and all over Beavis and Butthead. But you know. I mean, I just, I feel like this segues really well from our hair metal episode and how you discussed yeah. that grunge yeah. kind of came out of hair metal as a reaction against it. Yeah, and we this have, was that the excess. other reaction. Yeah, this was like the more, on the more extreme side, yeah. This, this was, was a reaction. underground reaction. Exactly, that's exactly what this is. This was the reaction to the underground not being brutal enough. Hair metal reverberated on both ends, commercially yeah. in, in grunge and underground in death metal. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, the, even the there was rebellions on in on the underground too, because you're not brutal enough. You know when you're not brutal enough. You know that's what happens. Okay, so let's continue. This episode will specifically follow the evolution of Florida death metal, as I mentioned before. There are many death metal scenes. There's one in Sweden. There's East Coast. There's you know German. There's a bunch of them, but and we'll get into those in the future, especially in Sweden. Sweden has a very important one as well, um, but on this side of the world, it's it's, it's Florida. Florida number one. Yeah, Florida number. You know, believe it or not, Florida. Don't say Florida never gave me anything. Okay, <laughs> and and people were like, "Wow, that came." From, I remember as a teenager, I used to, people would go those bands. I'm like, they're from Florida, Re- really? Florida? I didn't under. I was like, Disneyland's in Florida. My grandparents live there. Yeah, it's like Florida, and and you know, I was like, yeah, because it's so sunny, they're so angry, and I was like, that makes sense. I was like, yeah, that makes that sense. Make sense. I was like, it does because they they react to that shit like I would. Like, say I was surrounded like that growing up, I, I probably would have reacted the same way. You know, these guys are just looking for... You know who else is from Florida? Marilyn Manson. And I'm not saying, like, he's, like, you know, I should respect... But, you know, he's got... He's Mr. Edgelord because same shit, you know? Same idea, you know? Well, when you're weird and, like, super white... Exactly. And a very sunny yeah. place... 
that's very off-putting. You might go death mode. You Become might go Marilyn Manson. Yeah, and that you know, and that's why you get you know a lot of you know there's a lot of serial killers from Florida too. We'll get into that. Um, so, um, anyway, what was I here? So, okay. Let me, let me read this sentence again. This episode was specifically followed the evolution of Florida death metal scene as opposed to European, British, or I forgot the British too. Well, the British have more of a grindcore thing, a little more political, but that's another episode completely. And East Coast contributions to the genre. Okay, so let's get into the story now. Let's meet a young man named Chuck. We all know Chuck. Charles Michael Schuldiner. That's how you pronounce his name. He's still, so. Yeah, Shuldaner. Which never, yeah, which never pronounced his name right here. Yeah. We used to call him like Chuck. We used to call him Chuck Schullinger. Like, we didn't, we couldn't, we didn't, yeah, we couldn't read him. We, we, yeah, when we were like teenagers, we like, oh, the guy from death, Chuck Schullinger. Anyway. It's Chuck. 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 He was a nice Jewish boy from Long, Long Island. And uh, with a very promising future, whether he wanted it or not. Forming a band called Mantas. Uh, after the guy from Venom, I guess? The, the guy from Venom is named Mantas, I think. One of the guys in Venom. Fat check, you know that. Um, in 84, uh, eventually becoming death and realizing uh, what is considered by many as the first true death metal album and death metal band, spanning all scenes of the, of the, of the whole genre. Uh, however, the term death metal is believed to have its origins from an early possessed track, actually, believe it or not. And we'll get into Possessed in a minute. Um, who also get legitimate credit as being one of the first death metal bands in a world of bloated Bay Area thrash at the time. Uh, however, death did not only usher in the new 90s era of death metal, but began one of the most influential scenes in the genre, the Tampa, Florida scene, which we're going to get into here in this episode. It was here with the help of the people, the talented people of Morris Sound Recording Studio, along with manager Eric Grief, that would launch the next major movement in metal as a genre. This particular scene would host some of your favorite death metal acts of all time, including Morbid Angel, Deicide, Obituary, and obviously Death. It would also attract a number of carpetbagger bands from other states to join the scene and record their records at Morris Sound, including Cannibal Corpse and Malevolent Creation, and even bands as far as Europe and Brazil would come to record there. Is that the correct use of the word, term, carpetbagger? Yeah, I like, you know, you know, like people moving from where, you know, it's a political term usually, you know, like, yeah. you know, like these, you know, like the, the bushes come from Connecticut, go to Texas, they're not really from Texas, you know, carpetbaggers. Right, is it, is it, Actually, it, no, I think it's right. Yeah. yeah I think, Carry yeah. on. Yeah, I, it wasn't the way I used skullduggery at that time, which you're all still <laughs> That was all about. wrong. Skullduggery! Sounds like you're digging up skulls to me, people. Anyway, uh, with Cannibal Corpse probably being the most enduring name to this day, you know, of, of that whole genre. You know, Cannibal Corpse is playing soon. They're still playing, still making records, as you all know. Probably the, the biggest thing in death metal to this day. So, so, folks, it's time for the playlist now. Let's begin the playlist. What so, about more sound? Oh, uh, I, I have that paragraph a little before them. I, I put it down here. Uh, after the intro. After the intro bands, I wanted to go into Morris Sound down here. Today. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to that. So I didn't want to do it back here. I wanted to start. I wanted to go do the intro bands. It's like, a, you know, it's like people visited Morris Sound. Yeah. They sent Scott Burns down to Brazil to produce uh, Sepultura. 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 Yeah, Sepultura is very kind of death metal-ish. They, they were definitely... Like, 
more sounds I, I would feel like the most important part of the story. Yeah, they brought all these bands together. Particularly Scott Burns. Yeah, they provided a, um, yeah, as the engineer, yeah, Scott Burns. I'm willing to Scott Burns doing some of these albums. Um, okay, so let's go. So, folks, put on those oversized cargo shorts because it's hot and humid down in the Sunshine State. There are killer gators, giant insects, annoying tourists, and the satanic empire of Disney to boot. Oh, there's terrible hurricanes, crazed highway shooters, and a whole mess of serial killers, including Ted Bundy, the I-95 killer, and that monster chick they had Charlize Theron play in that movie. Where else do you think the most brutal of all death metal would come from? Norway? Let's begin. Now, I read that they used to practice in storage containers. Store, yeah, that makes sense. That's very far. Yeah. Like yeah, it must have been high as hell. You know, the mosquitoes and stuff. Florida's terrible. Don't ever go to Florida, people. It's a terrible place. There's nothing good about it. And there's li- there's literally alligators everywhere. They just hang out. Like, oh shit, it's an alligator. Yeah, and they're just there. Like death. Death. On the corner. Yeah, like there's like you'll like live in a, you'll be in a housing development, you know, and there'll be like a little pond, and there'll be some, some gators just in there. Like, oh yeah, they're in your yard. They need to just shoot them. They just shoot them all. Shoot all the gators. Scream bloody gore. Yes, green bloody gore. You know, gators ripping your guts out. That's why. That's where they came up with that from. Gore-inspired lyrics. You have terrible dinosaurs running around this whole state. <laughs> there crazy, are dinosaurs. There are crazy rednecks and serial killers and terrible dinosaurs running around this fucking state of Florida, people. I'm not saying New Jersey's that much better, but we don't have dinosaurs, mostly. Okay, so let's begin with the roots. Now, these bands I'm about to play are not Florida death metal bands, nor are they death metal bands, but this is where all death metal bands got their roots. And we're only going to do these roots for this episode like if we do Sweden we're obviously not going to do this because you obviously know and you all know that this is where death metal came from these are, are like the like the roots this is these are the roots these are the bands that everyone goes back to to this day when they feel like their scene is getting out of control it's like oh you remember these guys let's just get that again that's happening today again there's like a whole bunch of bands that are sounding like this so let's begin play so this? this is the band everyone goes back to when they're feeling a little bit when they're feeling about everything is going out of control this is Venom um, the song is called Angel Dust from the Welcome to Hell album and there's no lie that Venom is pretty much the band that comes up like I mentioned when anyone contemplates the origins of the most of, of most metal that contain any sort of evil energy. You know, if you want to go back to like the evil energy, that sound of Venom, that, that's where you go back to. There's nothing really before this. Um, in this, you know, this capacity. Not even Black Sabbath in a lot of ways. Uh, Venom is like kind of like an evil motorhead, you could say. You know, a motorhead with like evilness. You know, rather than singing about sex and drugs, these guys sing about Satan, metal, and death, and sex. You know, as long as it's with Satan. You know, then, then we're good. Um, they've got no time for Lenny things. Lenny's happy, you know, compared to these guys. Um, you could say these guys are directly responsible for Hellhammer and Celtic Frost and most of Thrash. Um, and Black Metal, right? 
a lot. Yeah. What do we do with it just, that venom? It just goes back to every time I do some kind of piece and I go back to the roots, venom always begins the playlist. It just it's just the All way it is. All roads lead to venom. All roads literally to venom. Like there's no way. And these guys weren't ever thinking that this that would be they they were just a bunch of drunk. A, a lot of roads lead to motorhead as well. Yeah, well motorhead as well. Especially with Rash as well. Motorhead as well. I mean just the general Venom lead to motorhead? Zen, yeah, of course. Yeah. And it's multi-motorhead, yeah. But all, all, all the extreme stuff could always go back to them. Like, you know, death metal and black metal could definitely always go right back to them. Whereas the thrash is a little, is a little minority with motorhead. Uh, death metal and black metal, um, you might say, went back um, to their venom roots when they found their current ruling metal status quo no longer worthy, like I mentioned before. Uh, venom is a band that we all fall back on when things get out of hand, like I said on so, Although I would say that this this song choice would be more appropriate on the black metal origins. Well, in it, in it, in it will. When we ever do black metal. Yeah, and that's you know, and that's uh, what we're going next to. So, pick a button. Wait, not sorry, I didn't mean. Or, what's the album after this on Venom? Oh, uh, what is the album after this? Um, this is your sec- this the, your second it's album. It's the famous one. Uh, black metal. Well, black metal. Well, isn't it's that isn't that before? Metal. Isn't that before this? No, I think you're right. Yeah. No, it's after. Co- okay, yeah. Quote me on my Venom people. I know you're all all you nerds out there. Like, see, you don't know what you're talking about. I know, I know. I didn't get my Venom albums in the right order, but it's a little <laughs> before my time. Okay, this next band, when it finally comes up, it starts. You know, these songs, they like to start very quiet and then come in. But it's something that takes a while. Yeah, it takes a while. They used to do that, you know. They used to do that with these these thrash these these thrash guys. They would kind of have this intro, sound as evil as possible. But you know this one, you can hear it. This is Slayer with Hello Waits from Hello Waits. I always call it Hello Waits. Hello Waits. I say it so quickly. I'm like Hello Waits. Um, this is a band that frequently comes up in the origins of nearly also every metal genre. And Slayer is one of those thrash bands in the big four. And Slayer today is this huge money-making machine. But, like, they weren't always that. Like, today they have just, they have no choice. It's like, they don't have a choice. Like, all the old people are, you know, love their Slayer. And all the Slayer fans have money now, so Slayer's gonna be this big man. They like money. (laughs) They They do like like, money. They do like money, I guess. They're choosing to make money. I guess they are. But they're not, like, lightning or sound, though. I mean, they're lightning their image. They're like, hey, these are normal guys. They're not, like, evil. But, like, they haven't... They're not playing lighter music. They're not, like... They never were... They never went the metallic. They changed their sound a couple of times, but it was never lighter. It, it might have been bad, but it wasn't light. You know, you gotta give these guys I think credit. they got, like, a minuscule more accessible over the years. Yeah, oh, for sure. Now, because they're, they're considered but old and harmless. Metallica, like, basically not. Basically yeah. not, not at all. Yeah, even though they're the same... Well, they're not, like, as huge as Metallica, but they're up there. You know, everyone knows it's like. Anyway, let's continue. Slayer is an obvious choice in the bands that um, played down the framework, that laid down the framework of played down, that laid down the framework of death metal, um, for sure. Um, by far the most mainstream band on this list, uh, Slayer, however, always remained on the frontier of extreme metal in the 80s. And while remaining... Um, by the remaining three counterparts in the big four strive to regularly alter their sound that that strive to regularly alter all their sound sorry meaning the other bands would always you know alter their sound throughout their career You're speaking of metallic yeah metallic you know definitely major Did also yeah oh especially when they got a different singer absolutely if you listen to oh, their wait, stuff oh never mind uh, yeah big time yeah. 
they got like serious and stuff. But anyway, Slayer was um, giving us this sound in 1983 when bands like Metallica and Anthrax were just breaking and Megadeth didn't even exist yet. Dave Mustaine wasn't even thriving any bands yet, okay? Um, these days, Slayer is a band that generates huge amounts of money and has achieved a, leg a legendary status, uh, not to mention total mainstream acceptance pretty much. You know, when your parents are okay with it, and when your parents listen to it, you know, you know, and then, you know, it's, uh, it's mainstream. Um, so, uh, we don't look to them in the current day to inspire any new bands. However, in, in today, like, who, could, could any young new band, bands are inspired by Slayer? Like, a new Slayer album? I don't think so. Is like, there a new Slayer album? Yeah, 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 of course, yeah, of course there is. There's a recent Slayer album. Well, um, old Slayer is continuing to inspire. Oh, yeah, no, 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 of course. You can't take that away. But, like, no band's gonna be like, oh, that new Slayer album, I'm, this is what I'm working off. No, they're gonna, yeah, you know what I mean by that? No one says about, about any new albums. No, new metal, al like, from new metal albums from these classic bands, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest. No, um, no. The fans good. are listening to those, but they're not inspiring new bands. Uh, I disagree. The really hardcore, like, fans are like, okay, I'll give this a chance. Yeah, the fans of Judas Priest are listening to Firepower. New bands yeah. are not being inspired by Firepower. No, no there's nothing. Music. And Firepower is not a bad album, you know, speaking no, of. No, it's fine. Whereas Iron Maiden's new album, eh, I can't. I'm just saying, yeah. you can't fault Slayer for not yeah. their newest but, offerings, not inspired. Yeah, but no, nothing. Of no, none of these old bands, even Metallica, like nothing, like, is just. It's not worth anything. You know? but I would anyway. say Slayer, like, of the big four, like, I think it's so important when talking about how they inspired death metal and also black metal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just that they were so popular, but they were so on the edge. Yeah. Like, they were the, by far the scariest of the big four. Oh, yeah, in the mainstream, by far. You know, so, remember, mainstream was really, like, a lot most people had back then because there wasn't an internet. So, like, Slayer was pretty mainstream back then, for the most part. Yeah, so this stuff was getting to the kids in Florida. Yes. It was big enough to get to them, yes. but it was still, like, like... Oh, yeah, you were... This was satanic like, panic. Like, very objectionable. Yes. Very, like, just from the content matter, just, like, underground. Oh, yeah. And yet, mainstream. Everything about it was, was ser seriously scary, you know, like, Nazi imagery, death, gore, you know, like, it was all the above. And, um, but, yeah, so it, so it gets you. It was even on MTV in the late 80s. Uh, but still, it wasn't, you know. The Slayer is just a strange band because they're really mainstream, but so influential. That just speaks to just the raw power of Slayer. It does. You, you can't, you can't they ever. They overcame all objections to their content. Yeah, you can't ever write them off. Like, it's amazing. You know, they, they, just, they just do that. Like, they'll always be there. So, Slayer will always have an eternal spot in the roots of Death Metal, whether you like it or not. But nobody, no one out there is going like Slayer's fake. Like I don't think anyone's ever said that. Like no one's, <laughs> no matter how that. like someone brutal, maybe someone like, I'm super Come brutal. Come on the podcast. I'm and say super it. edgy. Yeah, right to me. You're like Slayer's fucking false. You know, because I'm so brutal. Like maybe those guys at the concert, you know, on the guy Saturday. Guys will say. Oh yeah, yeah. Glenn Benton will definitely <laughs> probably say that. Or you know, some of those dudes at the Aboth concert, so they'd probably be like, yeah, Slayer's not tough enough. You know, some of those douchebags. Those guys aren't tough. Uh, okay. Okay, what we got here? Celtic Frost. Now, Celtic Frost is a direct result of like Venom. Like this, this you know, Celtic Frost, Hellhammer, whatever you want. Um, they're, uh, you know, this is like straight off the, straight off like the next step. You know, Tommy G. Warrior said it himself. But anyway, Celtic Frost and Hellhammer, um, before um, the brainchild of Tommy G. Warrior, 
were the next step forward in metal. Uh, like I said, under a heavy influence from Venom, early Celtic Frosts, um, through pretty much, um, they're pretty much a Euro thrash band. I mean, it's pretty thrashy. It's kind of like sub thrash. Yeah, it's like they didn't get along with the other thrash bands. Yeah, like they were laughed at. Our Hellhammer was anyway. Yeah, they weren't taken seriously. You know, in Europe, you know, in the Europe scene, scene. It's because they were more stripped down. Yeah, it's like Venom. Yeah, well, but I mean, it didn't stay that way. But you know, like you know, as, as these albums went on, they got a little more bloated. But you know, but it, 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 when they these guys are definitely one of the most important. Um, starting points in extreme metal in death metal black metal whatever wherever, wherever you'll have it um the sound was miles ahead of most contemporary American bands in 1984 when this was out in 1985 um paving the way for more extreme forms of metal to follow you know uh, being such a huge instrument on all scenes of death metal black metal to follow so everyone you know you gotta get Celtic Frost you know even though we did that kind of like that, that hairy album in, in the early 90s no, we're just talking about the roots here more yeah. morbid tales yeah, Morbid Tales. This is Morbid Tales. I think Morbid Tales also brings some kind of a hardcore. Yeah. Moment, oh, absolutely. There's, very there's, important. There's a hardcore metal. punk. It, yeah, death metal like is very uh, based on hardcore punk as well. It, there's a lot as as like, as, as it was for thrash. Yeah, I should have. I was thinking of putting like discharge. I was like thinking of that. But I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna deviate. Yeah. I was like, I was like, should I put a hardcore punk band? I was like, I don't want to deviate that much. But I was thinking at people, so don't you know. <laughs> you said it. I know. I know, folks, I'm a Dave Rubin of metal, but I'm thinking it, though. I just can't do it all, okay? So let's move on to the next step here. Those were three bands that I identified as the roots of death metal. Now, let's get into the stage of pre-death metal. It's still thrash, but it's pushing the limits, more so than Slayer. Oops, This is possessed with uh, the exorcist from the seven churches album uh, deep in the scene of bay area thrash bands came a band that pushed the frontiers of the genre and even unofficially coined the term death metal like i mentioned before in one of the early titles as venom did for black metal uh, i consider possessed the first unofficial death metal band um, as they were still thrash um, they were definitely pushing, they were on pushing that frontier open. Um, this band of course features uh, future Primus guitarist Larry Lalonde and the semi-growling vocals of Jeff Becerra. Did I pronounce that right? I believe so. Yes, Jeff Becerra, who's you know, still doing the band today. Um, yeah, they, in his, they in his released state. their yeah. first album many a year so, in my entire lifespan. <laughs> yeah, you know, they've came back, you know, why not? Because, you know, Crash is definitely in a, in a 100%, you know, um, revival right now. Well, you know, interestingly, Jeff at least definitely considers possessed a death metal band. Yeah, and it's, it's he calls reasonable. Calls himself death metal. This is very I think similar. It's, it's thrash. It's very, it's very borderline. Yeah, when, well, thrash, death metal bands in the late 80s were, you know, very thrashy. Still, even like you know, death was still like they weren't, they weren't crossing that brutal, brutal line yet. You know, you didn't, you know, no one had, no one had that cannibal corpse sound yet. No one had the DSI sound. Yeah, like they were uh, the you, brutal sound. It was still, it was still fast. It was still thrashy almost, but it was a little more like scary sounding though. You know, it was definitely the lyrics were gorier. The lyrics were not afraid to be satanic yet, especially with these guys. You know, these guys had a lot of satanic imagery in a world of San Francisco thrash bands that were more 
kind of just had a street vibe to them. You know, like you wouldn't see that out of Metallica. <laughs> you wouldn't see anything, you know, you know, or, or Anthrax you know, on the East Coast. You know, or any yeah. any of the many. For everybody listening to Slayer, this was the the the, the signpost. He's the next step. This was like this was pointing the way for them. Like if you were at your friend's house, he's oh you like Slayer? Check this out. And you were like, whoa, what's that? It's like if you like Slayer, you're gonna like this. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna want to go to this next. If, if you know, if, if Slayer is like you know this is good, but I want something more. I want to graduate to the next level. This is the next level. You know, you know any of the San Francisco bands, like, there's not too many of them with this imagery. These guys had a really, like, evil imagery. You know, for, for that scene. I mean, they were no more evil than Slayer as far as content goes. Yeah. Probably less evil than Slayer. Maybe. You know, yeah, hard to Besides say. The point. This album looks well. They're a little more bare bones than Slayer. Definitely less produced. I would say this is very like you know, Slayer is definitely at a higher money level than this. You know, definitely. But anyway, I Slayer has also been around. You know, Slayer is yeah. Absolutely looking at that, I'm like these guys didn't have as much budget. Slayer is also around since like 1980, 81. So Slayer not only is this like really influential band, but they were like one of the oldest. Like they were already making evil music before Metallica was even before Lars even learned how to play drums. So, all right, let's go into the actual, the real shit. The real shit. Let's go into the scene. The Florida scene is beginning now. It's the late '80s, and um, people are taking the next step. So let's talk about what really launched it. Now, the Florida death scene really took. Old in the 90s, but started in the late 80s, though. A lot of these bands were, were starting to service in the late 80s and were making records. But there's a place in Tampa, a studio, where it all happened, where all the bands came and many bands from around the world came. It was called Morris Sound Studios, um, where bands, like I said, from all over the world came to get a piece of this exploding scene, you know, once it exploded in the 90s, by the 1990s. Uh, founded by the Morris brothers, Jim and Tom, who are still there today, I believe, um, and powered by producer Scott Burns, engineer and producer. Um, this is a place where nearly every famous death metal record ever was recorded. Except nearly. for the Swedish ones. Yeah, except for, yeah, except for a lot of the Swedish ones, but so, though some, you know, some bands even from there came to here to do it. That's true. Um, so I'm like, hey, we got to get a piece of that. You know, you what imagine? are they doing? We gotta go to Tampa, guys. It's like, guys are like, what? Where is Tampa? Oh, it's nice there. The weather is nice. Oh, okay. Where is, uh, is alligators there? You know, yeah, it might have been like such a culture shock because, you know, Tampa's a pretty redneck place, especially back then. Um, so, um, as well as plenty of, um, in addition to a lot of death metal bands, a lot of like normal albums are recorded there too. I actually went to the website currently, right now, and the place still exists, but it doesn't seem to be on anyone's radar anymore for some reason, which I don't really understand why. I haven't really gotten into why. Um, but I haven't really seen any Im- important... Okay, we'll get that in a second. I haven't seen any important bands there recorded since 2008. So, um, uh, and, and if you look at the website, it's this sort of horribly dated... It looks like it's from like 10 years ago. Um, like one of those... It's like a, not a well-made website for such an iconic place 
And uh, the, like your dad's blues band is about to record. Yes, yeah, so your 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 boomer blues daddy that plays at the uh, at the old Canal Inn on Wednesday night is is about to record there. And the interior design looks like something out of like some like restaurant like middle aged people would go to like the interior like you know you know what the restaurants I'm talking about like a about. nice one like a nice one in Montclair or something. You know, it kind of looks like that's what the interior of this. But I'm like, really, this is where death metal was made. Like, go to the website, just look it up. You'll be like, what the? This is where death. This is where death record. This is where Cannibal Corpse recorded its albums. You, you'd think you'd be like skulls everywhere or something, or firearms and flamethrowers. But no, it's just, it's just silly. Like, there's just like gear sculpture on the wall. I'm like, wow, I, I totally wouldn't pay to have that in my house. <laughs> that gear sculpture with the. You look at it, you'll you'll cringe. Anyway, it's very rustic. Um. Not what you think it would be, um, but uh, so yeah, we get we went over that already. So, um, but anyway, this place has a very broad portfolio, from death to DSI to Destiny's Child to Warrant. Um, they've all wanted to experience the place, and um, well, listen, this where the cargo shorts were king. This wasn't like a charity set up for death metal or for metal even. What it was, was it? it was just a business, hmm. and it they just you know and they were open to recording metal. They hmm. were willing to humor the death metal, and in particular, this guy Scott Burns, right? He he commanded was a metal that scene. guy, right? He brought the was manager. willing to figure out how to record this stuff because the problem that you know I think like bands like obituary were having when which who obituary i think who was the first to record there uh, um yeah they were first out in 1987 you yeah. know they would go to another studio and they would be like what are you even doing <laughs> yeah i could i could picture that it's like we you want this much drumming like <laughs> yeah or you want to do that with your vocals like yeah. that's gonna sound like shit and we're not even gonna try to record you yeah right. that's true back then no one really knew what to do with that so, kind of stuff but this guy, Scott Burns, like, he figured it out. He figured out how to record it uh, and, you know, gave it the attention. Uh, and it just happened to be in Tampa. Or just happened to be there. Okay. So he's like, I could figure this out. And because it was such a cutting-edge uh, genre at the time, you know, other studios didn't know how to handle it. Other other engineers didn't know how to they're, record it. They were it. like, do not scream into that microphone. You will break it. <laughs> so, but now it's like, why is Morris Sound just some, like, rinky studio that yeah. doesn't look like anything and yeah. no one's recording there because you don't need to record there i mean that's scott true. burns is retired that's true I, I mean the business owners they just owned it that scene know? is is over that next scene could be done anywhere now and now everyone knows how to right. record still, death metal that's true so. there's still death metal bands still plenty of new death metal bands none of now them are from that's there, why though. tampa is a pit again yeah none, none of them are from there they're from everywhere else <laughs> nothing culturally <laughs> cultural to offer you could retire there tampa florida um. Yeah, on the golf. It's don't, in the golf. Don't retire there. Yeah, don't go to Florida. You'll get washed away yeah. by a hurricane. Yeah, we we like to move somewhere, but you know, a lot of people are like, oh, Florida. No, that that is Who like Florida. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I would, I would, like, I would be like, no, no, that is like the last place I want to live, even if I was old. Are you kidding me? So, <clears throat> so yeah, that really explains <clears throat> the most important part of this whole thing is Morristown. Morris, Morris Sound, Morris Town. All of these kids were enabled by one open-minded producer. Yeah, and he's like, we could do this. I remember when I, you know, recorded my first album, like, you know, I had to do the vocals, and I was doing them death metal style, Gralsa, and they had this nice, expensive condenser mic in front of me, and I'm, you know, and I'm about to do that, and they're like, wait, 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 no, don't give him that mic. 
They're like, no, 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 because it's like this super expensive, like thousand dollar microphone. What song were you singing? Uh, what are you know my Holy Anima songs, whatever it was. Can you sing it for us? I don't even know what it was, but you know the song would be sang like this. You know, I was gonna scream really loud into the mic. You know, in a, in a condenser mic, you know, you could break the thing, or whatever. Especially if it's a really expensive one, you could break like a diaphragm in there, whatever the hell the fuck it works. And uh, so, like, no, so they gave me a they gave me a dyno mic, and they're like, no, cup this. And scream into it, and, and that worked. You know, like you know, like a regular like vocal mic that we'd use live. You know, and you just cup it like they did, because you know, I think probably Scott Burns might have figured out that like cupping technique of the microphone. You know, you kind of put your hands right, and you go. <laughs> you know, you can't really do that with a condenser mic that's on a shock mount. So, like we have here. Um, so yeah, little gear talk. <clears throat> yeah, so that's like you know one method that was probably explored back then. Though I think <clears throat> maybe that might have came from. England with the grindcore bands, you know, definitely that definitely sounds like a napalm death thing. But you know, who knows? Maybe you know Scott Burns knew that. He's like, hey, this is how they do it. This is this is how napalm death does it. Well, England. napalm death came to Morrison. There you go. They had to get a part of it too, you know. And they were doing it, you know, in the sense of, they all came around about the same time, late eighties. All these bands started coming around. So none of them, you know, you can't really, you know, death really gets credit for it. But someone like napalm death is obviously kind of a different scene, though. They're really coming from a different uh, mindset. Well, yeah. they came as a carpetbagger. <clears throat> yeah, but they're coming from, you know, they're going into politics where these Florida bands aren't really, they're singing about either Satan or Gore, you know, things like that. Not Al Gore, like Gore, like Guts. Blood and Guts. So, let's begin with the bands that recorded there, and of course... The actual music. Yeah, obviously, who's first? Obviously, this is... And, um, by the way... This famous album, one of the most famous death metal albums ever. The first death metal album, kind of. Death. Oh, the song Sacrificial <clears throat> from Scream Bloody Gore. They actually wanted to call the song Sacrificial Cunt, but the record label's like, you can't call it Sacrificial Cunt. <clears throat> but obviously, um, 1987 Scream Bloody Gore, with its iconic uh, Ed Repka cover. Ed Repka, the greatest artist in all of metal. Uh, is considered the greatest cover artist, sorry, not like a musician. Um, is considered to be officially crossed the line into death metal from thrash, containing all of the criteria to be death metal, including growling vocals, blast beats, and gore inspired lyrics, among many technical elements in the music. Um, though the first of the Florida bands, this record actually was recorded in LA. Um, by a two-member version of Death, including Chris Reinfurt on the drums and Chuck Sheldoner on everything else. So Death was only a two-member band at this time and not yet, you know, really in the Tampa scene yet. I mean, they were from Tampa, but, you know, it wasn't happening there yet. Uh, Death would be the official founders um, of not only the original Tampa, Florida scene, but to Death Metal at large. And um, more on these guys later. Um, it'll all come from here from this point on. Just everything. The imagery of the album. I mean, just coolest album cover ever. One of my favorite album covers. In fact, I think I'm going to co-op this um, for us. I'm gonna, I want to make a new like backdrop for us on the Facebook. I put two thrones and you and me. And, you know, we'll put our faces. I don't like it. You don't like it? You don't want to do that? I don't like it. You don't like that? Do you, want, do you want to be on a throne at all? Yeah. All right. Well, give me a concept of what you want, because I want to make a new. Because, you know, because the logo, the, the uh, backdrop for the uh, Facebook only has me. So that's death with 
sacrificial from Scream Bloody Gore. What's next? You can really hear the transition from Thrash to Death. Yeah, yeah, this is like that midpoint. This is where they pushed that line. But, you know, this is more aggressive than Thrash, but it's not like... It doesn't have that, like, super brutal sound yet. You know? Oh, I like it. Yeah, it's technical. It's very technical. And, and Death has always been technical. And they will get more technical than this. You know, they're, they definitely set that pace for more technical death. Now, whereas other bands are more, maybe some groovy, some, you know, just really deep. Yeah, let's go to this next band. This is also another very early band. This is Obituary. Of course, they're like the ultimate Florida death metal band. Um, Till till Death from the slowly rewrought re- album, their, their debut album came out in like 1987-1988. Um, I like to consider these guys the ultimate cargo pants death metal band. These guys are cargo pants guys. So you're saying you're getting more of like a mouth breather feel? Yeah, these guys are definitely... them over death? Yeah, these guys are like, you know, they're Florida guys. Yeah, we saw them this weekend. For the, you know, for the, I think it's the first time I saw them. I might have seen them before, I don't remember. Um, but these guys are definitely good old boys. They come out to like some Leonard Skinner sounding song. I don't know who it was, but it's very, a very Florida kind of southern rock song they come out to, you know, in their cargo pants. They don't give a fuck. Bunch of fat guys, you know, doing it the way they do it. You know, this band was formed by the Tardy Brothers uh, in the mid '80s as Executioner originally, um, who, despite their name, were um, anything. <laughs> Here's a little joke. Here's a little, uh, little joke. Who, despite their name, were, were anything but late to the death metal party. The Tardy Brothers, get it? I don't think that works. Yeah, you gotta, yeah, it was timing. The timing wasn't there. If I timed that right, if I just went on, you know, here we'll, we'll do it again. Formed by the Tardy Brothers, who, despite their name, were anything but late to the death metal party. Ha 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 I'm here all week. Also, you know, an obituary is for a late person. Yeah, a dead person. Oh yeah, late. There, there remains. Oh, maybe, yeah, we got something there, huh? Maybe. We'll play on words. Okay, so this track is from your first record and potentially mirrors death. Um, in this initial release as credit for the Tampa scene being one of the first bands. Uh, more on these guys later as well because, you know, like a lot of these death metal bands, they're still with us today, going strong. So, let's move on. Let's get a little more technical here. This is Atheist. These guys are super technical and not very evil. Like, I'm looking at the album cover. Um, from un- nerds. Yeah, they, these guys were the nerds of death metal, but they were Tampa. Um, unquestionable presence album. Well, there's plenty of nerds in Florida. Yes, and the formative year is this. Re- there's, there's nothing evil about this, though. It's heavy though. It's extremely technical, and it is death metal, but it's not like gory or evil. It's about like I don't know weird. It's got like these weird little things. like fusion areas. It does. These guys get jacked. These guys are weird, and they're still around today. They they, they reformed, I think. Uh, with how many original members yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think they reformed even weirder. Yeah. I think yes. Weirder I listened. I briefly listened to something. I'm like, whoa. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, okay, guys. You gotta leave that. I'll leave that there. But uh, like the opposite of obituary. Yeah, the, but they're part of the scene. You know, absolutely recognizing this. It's very different. Very different subject matter for these guys. They're not into the Satan thing. They're not into the gore thing. Um, they're into their own thing. I don't know, and I'm not sure what it is. It's maybe science or something. I don't know. Maybe you guys know. Atheist. Um, Sarasota's atheists are. Uh, I said more progressive example of Florida death metal. Uh, some of their stuff is way crazy in comparison to the typical Tampa Big Four. Um, this band broke up soon after the peak in 1992, so they didn't last long, but reformed um, probably maybe around 10 years ago. 
and um, when they realized this shit was cool again. And I think they're still playing today. Um, so yeah, they have that spot in there. I kind of, I never even heard of these guys, though the name kind of sounds like a very common name, so I probably heard of them, but never. I feel like for death metal, there's like a triangle. Yeah. And like. One is Caveman, one, one is <laughs> Mouth Breather, one, you know, Angle, yeah. and one is, like, Edgeward, yeah. and the other is Nerd. And, and we can identify all three of those, and, and we will. I mean, so, and this could be, like, a Venn diagram, some of them kind of cross over. And we'll say, say we'll put, like, Death, like, right in the middle yeah. of the triangle. Yeah, yeah, right? Death is right in the middle you know, of it, because all those things. Caveman. Yeah. Atheist is the Nerd. They're Nerd. Um, DSI. Next time we got up here, it's Edgeward. Yep. Um, well, I don't. Well, these guys—they're—they're they're not not, not, hard not as bad not as in the DSI. Top we're gonna—we're talking uh, about morbid angels. Yeah, now. and I'll—and I'll tell my story. I have a you know a story about these guys um, when I first heard them because my friends were listening to these guys as well because they were trying to be Edgeloids. This is Morbid Angel with God of Emptiness from the famous Covenant album, probably one of their most popular albums. This band was formed by Trey as Azigthoth in the mid '80s, and eventually combining forces with. Um, former Terrorizer members from the band Terrorizer, which is more of like a hardcore band, Pete Sandoval and David Vincent. Morbid Angel brought lyrics and themes of the occult, Satanism, and of course Lovecraftian horror to the death metal world. Um, and you thought Florida was a boring redneck state. Well, haha. Azikthoth being one of the most influential guitar voices in the entire genre, along with Sheldinner, uh, with his off-color and extremely technical riffs. Um, God of Emptiness was an example of this band's peak album, like I mentioned before. Even featured on Beavis and Butthead so famously, which I remember as a teenager just laughing when they would do this. Um, it was, you know, famously critiqued on Beavis and Butthead. Is that kind of um, like silly? It, yeah, well, 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 it's towards the end of it, which we'll hopefully get to, because because the tone of the song completely changes as, as sort of like a coda. Um, but um, being on Beavis, it was kind of an honor back then, whether they liked you or not. You know, if you were on it back in the 90s, that was a very important thing for any band. And it made a lot of these bands very popular. You know, it, that made bands like White Zombie, you know, and killed bands like Bon Jovi, you know? So, you know, it, but um, yeah, these guys kind of got really popular because of that. You know, everyone kind of knows them. And, they had, and, and a lot of death metal bands had videos on Headbangers Ball back then in the 90s. But uh, as Beavis and Buddy make fun of him, they kind of make fun of the code of this song where he kind of sings slowly. He goes, Bow to me splendidly, bow to me faithful. You know, I used to just crack up as a teenager. You could totally see David Vincent like doing yes, a really and, serious face. Oh, yeah. Oh, you watch the video. There's a video. Watch it. I it's, haven't seen it. it is, I grew up without television. You, you, are pitch, you are describing the video exactly. It's got like a close-up of David <laughs> Vince's big stupid face, and he's just like, Bleh. and Beavis and Butter like, what is that, a bear? But do you think this is really like a quintessential morbid angel song? No. no. I picked it because it brings back specific memories for me. Um, but no. More of a, more it is not. This. Yes, this was this is a weird, very progressive song. It's not their um, usual stuff. It's not the best choice. It's the of, famous choice. Yeah, and that's why I picked it. No, I specifically just, picked it. I come to you for the deep cuts. I didn't want to do a deep cut because this one, I, I knew I could talk about this one a lot, and it brought and a lot of people could relate to it because a lot of people are. I guess are, it is a. Yeah, they're you know remembering. Castle. Yeah, a lot of like old people, especially, are remembering the same thing I'm remembering about this song. They're like, oh yeah, I remember that song. You know, but yeah, there are much better Morbid Angel songs. This is a good song. 
but you know, it, you could though it's a good it is a good example across section of the stuff. I mean, just listen to Trey Asenbaugh's guitar. I mean, it's just all over the place. It's crazy stuff, and you know, and it just sounded evil. Like I was like, what? This guy's name is Trey Asikoff. Can we pick a name like Asikoff. Asikoff. That that's, I think that sounds like. Change our names to that. I'm Asikoff. That sounds like something Lovecraftian. I think. I think that's that's like a Lovecraftian thing, if I'm wrong. Um, but I remember one thing. I remember about you know, I remember my friend Gary who was listening to these guys. He showed me like a, it was one of their live CDs, and it showed a picture of all four of them, and. You know, is a little box for each, and it showed Trey Azigthoth. He was supposed to be this really like scary, just edge lord guy. Which you never hear him. You never like see anything about him. I don't know. Like I don't know. He never really appears. But there's a picture of him playing his guitar, and his arm. He's bleeding from his arm because apparently he had chewed his own arm off, like as some sort of stage thing. Like watch this. Well, I read that Morbid Angel like cut had some like rituals where oh. they would, like cut. They would all cut uh, their arms and bleed into a cup that's, before yeah. shows. I think that's, and he was like sucking on it or Was something. it Morbid Angel? Probably. I yeah, I, I believe there was definitely real blood involved, and I was like, whoa. No, yeah, I, w- I was reading yeah. Gwen Benton making fun of them. Because <laughs> you know, edgy For enough. doing that. Yeah, he was like, well, he's like, cool. I'm really tough, I'm all about pain, but I'm not just going to bleed for if, no reason. <laughs> yeah. Now, if and if you can't see it by this point, Glenn Benton is going to be kind of our Glenn Danzig of this episode, okay? He's going to be the clown. You all know that. You're like, oh, Glenn Benton, yeah. We'll get into it. He, he's coming up soon, people. But here's the slow part, by the way. The whole song is slow. But it gets, like, really slow here. Yeah. You know this one. Okay. So Morbid Angel, I would say they're they're toward the edge lord. Yeah, they they have their bits, but you know they're not as uh, ridiculous. Well, you could kind of you could reason with them, you know. That's what I was. You yeah. can you could reason with these guys. You know, and David they, Vincent has moved grew, on. To other I think they grew up and you can believe it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on. This is Malevolent Creation. Now, some of you are out there like these guys aren't from Florida. Well, Mister, Mister Nerd. This is Malevolent Creation with The Way of Flesh from Stillborn. Stillborn album. Came out, you know, early 90s sometime. Um, as the Tampa scene became the place to be in the death metal um, death metal world, uh, bands from all over America and the world came to record and even relocate to Tampa. And this is an example of one of them. One of the bands was Malevolent Creation, uh, formed in the mid-80s by guitarist Phil... Fesania and vocalist Brett Hoffman in Buffalo, New York, the band relocated to Tampa early on to record the first record at Morris Sound, and um, there we go. They they are one example of a carpetbagger band that came from north and well, they stayed though. Yeah, and they stayed. You know, they were they um, you know they they became a very important part of that scene. These guys are kind of taking it to a different level here. Very aggressive kind of thing. And I remember this album. This album, I picked this album from them because Rich gave me this album to listen to in maybe 1994. And I hated it. He's like, check this out. Stillborn, huh? And I listened to it. I put it in my stereo. And I just didn't get it. I was like, this does nothing for me. You know, and I'm like, I didn't like the cover. The cover is kind of like this, it's like seafood 
it's like seafood and it really grossed me out. I'm like the cover has got like seafood. Alex just on doesn't it. like fish. Yeah, and I was this is this just makes me kind of ill to my stomach. The sound of it and and the cover. I didn't like it at all. You know. Yeah, I didn't like this. Well, you know, now I realize the power of it. But when I was young, I, I, I didn't like it. So, you know, it's right. You weren't ready. I wasn't ready for this. I wasn't, you know. I don't think it's great, honestly. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's, they're kind of like one it's of the. It's fine. It's fine. They're not, you know, one of the big four. You know, they're not, there's nothing iconic going on here. You know, they're, they're kind of taking it to this, this next level. But, you know, they're not the only people doing that, though. So, you know, Malevolent Creation, they're one of like, the, they're one of the other bands there. Listening this makes me want to listen to Thrash. Yeah, right. It's like I'll go back to I'll go back go to back Thrash. Yeah, because this this kind of just it's very stillborn. It's, it's very stillborn. It's a perfect name for it. It's very still. It's very kind of just eh. I don't know. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't groove. It doesn't do anything. I don't know. Just me. Anyway, let's move on. Now this is we get to the height of the Tampa scene. This is like the when everyone was really just established and. This was the place to be. This is death again. And we're going to repeat some bands here because there's not a shitload of bands. And there's more bands, but some of them aren't kind of worth mentioning. I'd rather like mention other bands of the Passing. big four again because they just did more interesting things. This is one of the most I famous mean, yeah, songs. Yeah, the level of importance of death and like other, you know, the million other bands that popped up yeah. is, you know. Yeah, some of them are just kind of like, you know, flyover bands. But death is like... They're like they're gonna not. They're, this is the next level. This is their height. This is the philosopher. Very popular song. This was also a feature on Beavis and Butthead. I believe this song uh, from the Individual Fault Patterns album. Um, now you can consider them part of the Tampa Big Four um, and one of the most iconic bands in the scene at this point. Um, Death would be at their apex in their career with the release of Individual Fault Patterns, featuring an all-star lineup on this album, not just two guys and. Um, continue to power the metal world at large with this lap with the likes of King Diamond's Andy LaRock, you know, you all know him, um, the progressive fretless bass sounds of Steve DiGiorgio, and um, formerly, uh, formerly of, and I had, I mentioned this guy on my Bay Area Thrash uh, show, uh, he was in the band Sadis, and is currently with Testament right now, and um, the uh, great Gene Hoagland, also of the Bay Area, a prog rock thrash band, Dark Angel, and I went over both of them before and mentioned both of them, and um, who also is the drummer of Testament right now. So these, so t- these guys are both in Testament right now, two amazing musicians. Um, uh, the Philosopher would be yet another death metal song feature on Beavis and Butthead, like I mentioned before, and um, you know, and that's kind of what made these guys kind of enter their hype. You can hear that. Just listen to that. You can hear that fretless bass of Steve Joy. Yeah, it's like very weird. Way more progressive. <laughs> Super progressive. I remember hearing it from the nineties. I was like, "What? I was like, what the fuck is that?" But yeah, it's all. This is you know, this is taking it to another level. And death this metal. Isn't that much lo- farther along. Then. No, it's only a couple of years later. It's only a couple of years, but it's like you know, mid nineties. He's just grown so much. Yes. From the thrash. Like, he's a this. grown up. He's a grown. He's like, he's like a man now. He's like at the you know he's. Like at the top, this is—it's not gonna get any better than this for any death metal band, really. This is really the this is the pinnacle. This album, you know. And I remember this album. You know, this was a favorite of my friends. This album, you know, I was quite you. familiar. No, no, I wasn't into it. I was, you know, I was kind of a um a spectator of this stuff. You know, I was like spectating. It wasn't um my thing. 
you know, I was What were you listening to at this time? Uh, this time I was getting into more of like a hardcore sound. You were? Yeah. I mean, I like guar and stuff. I thought you were. To me. But I was coming out of the thrash stuff. I was coming out of that, you know, like, you know, when I was younger, of course, it was Metallica and Megadeth and shit like that. Yeah, I thought you were a purist and only listening. No, but by this point, no, no, I was starting getting tired of metal at this point. And I discovered bands like Typo Negative and Carnivore, and those were kind of gateway drugs into more like hardcore stuff. And I was kind of getting into the whole New York hardcore thing in like the mid 90s. I was discovering those bands, you know. All right, well, let's move on to the Burger Kings of Death Metal. The Burger Kings of Death Metal. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, I'm not done. I'm not, I'm done, I'm not done, done with this though. But this. Well, it's uh, one more note about. Yeah. Um, the fate so of death. yes. So sadly, um, Death would only release two more albums after um, Individual Thought Patterns, uh, where only a few years later, Chuck Schuldaner, the Godfather of Death Metal, and all around nice guy, would succumb to pneumonia. He he died in 2001, um, due to weakness from his ongoing cancer treatment. So he had um, a tumor, and he was being treated, and basically the results of that killed him you know so that was you know very so, you know people still you know think of that today you know chuck Schuldiner, you know you know what really killed him is the for-profit u.s it absolutely system. was they had to um raise money for him um to pay his bills everyone was even bands like um he didn't have insurance nope. and he could not and he got it later but his tumor wasn't covered because it was a yeah. pre-existing condition that is what killed him um you could absolutely blame that uh, a lot of bands forcing raised money for him, including um, Trivium, actually, were one of the bands that raised money. They're from Florida as well. And uh, they're actually one of the bands that raised money for him. You know, so I think they were just babies. Yeah, they were just like children, probably. Like but guys, so you're younger than me. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he was like a child. But yeah, they were part of that whole thing. And a lot of bands really came out to raise, you know, because, you know, everyone thought about it. Because Chuck was this like nice guy. And, you know, and you'll hear um, on the Howard Stern show, Richard Christie, who was one of the drummers of Death, who, you know, kind of knew him you know you could probably hear stories from him and stuff but uh yeah just everyone liked this guy you know just not brutal guy you know like the animals he, he was not glenn benton you know he's not trying to impress anyone nice guy you know do you know it should have been glenn benton okay fuck you glenn benton. <laughs> should have been glenn benton okay let's move on Da-da-da-da. all right here we are now this like i said this is the height so we're gonna have the highest band here this is Cannibal Corpse, and this next song is called Fucked With A Knife. From the Bleeding album. When I saw these guys, and I think I, I didn't see them with Chris Barnes. I think I saw them with probably very early when um, George Fisher took over. I remember that's how he announced the song when they played. That's exactly how he said it, and I'll never forget it. I was like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> you know, this is in the 90s. But anyway. Um, when anyone thinks of death metal, usually the first name that comes up is Cannibal Corpse. And I know what all you nerds are thinking. You're like, Cannibal Corpse is not a Florida man. Uh, well, people, like Malevolent Creation, they moved here from Buffalo, New York. So they are a Tampa, Florida band. What is so fucking difficult to understand about this? They are part of the scene. And no one considers them, but I disagree. They are Florida, okay? End of story. They're a Florida band. Anyway. With their graphic album covers and even more graphic, gore-inspired um, song titles and lyrics, Cannibal Corpse were the pioneers of the brutal Cookie Monster vocals. Yep. Another example of death metal carpetbaggers, like I mentioned before. Um, Cannibal Corpse, also originates from Buffalo, New York. And um, 
never seems to be associated with this Tampa scene um, among journalists, which I just think is total bullshit. Um, in this early lineup featuring the original vocalist and all-around metal hippie Chris Barnes, now with uh, the band Six Feet Under, um, which is isn't that the most typical band name ever? Six Feet like you know, band like metal death metal band name ever? No, <laughs> we're gonna be called Six Feet Under. Are you couldn't put more time into that. I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't have used that. Cannibal Corpse is more creative. Cannibal Corpse is far more creative. Um, but Death isn't very creative. No, but you know, they, they were the first people. Who, well, no, they weren't. There was a punk band from Detroit called Death. But anyway, um, they were formed. Uh, Cannibal Corpse was formed by the highly skilled team of Paul Mazurkiewicz and Alex Webster. That was the whole song, by the way. <laughs> let's, let's keep let's playing. Pause. Yeah. Okay. Let's all. Yeah. We have more to say about Cannibal Yeah, that's short right? song, Fucked With a Knife. <laughs> you know. Um, well, it doesn't last very long. Yeah, they, their songs weren't really that, you know, a little bit grindcore there. Um, where was I here? Um, by the highly skilled musicians Paul Mazurkowitz and Alex Webster, who are still with the band today, uh, Barnes would leave the band in 96 and be replaced by the massive orc slash human and slash Cookie Monster vocalist George Corpse Grinder Fisher, that massive dude with the massive neck, formerly of Monstrosity. Um, they have been um, few popular bands banned in more countries than Cannibal Corpse as a result of, well, everything about them, <laughs> um, which they wear as a badge of honor. Why wouldn't they? Um, giving this band the ultimate Florida death metal street credit. Um uh, and, and recently, this is an interesting thing, because this is really funny. This is more recent news about these guys. You probably heard it. A uh, longtime guitarist, Pat O'Brien, I think he joined them in the 90s, um, was recently arrested for some very brutal death metal shit. And I've got the article. We're just going to briefly go over this. Uh, I'm going to read this article here. And this is the most death metal thing you can possibly do. So, like, when I heard this, I'm like, wow. Like, these guys are real. Like, th th these guys aren't just playing it on TV. Police raided the home of Cannibal Corpse guitarist Pat O'Brien last week. This happened like last year. Where they found over 80 firearms, other weapons, and three human skulls. Were they human skulls? I, I, they were human skulls. They were, they were real. They don't specifying that here. But I remember reading somewhere that they were actual, real human skulls. O'Brien was arrested on, De on December 10th on charges of burglary and assault after he allegedly entered a neighbor's house attacking the female occupant. According to the report by Tampa Bay Times, police obtained a warrant to search his house after it caught fire. This is this story that you can't make this up. This this is amazing. Uh, the fire marshal noted in, 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 with his massive cache of weapons inside, among the confiscated weapons, this is the best, you can't make this up, were 20 handguns, 10 semi-automatic rifles, just AK-47s, 50 shot. This is one person. This isn't an army. This guy needs 50 shotguns. You don't even need that in a zombie game. Yeah, you don't. You can't fit that many in your backpack. <laughs> one of the shotguns was sawed off, making it illegal to own. Uh oh. Even in Florida. What you do you want to do with that? Even in Florida, you can't. You imagine that shit? Even in Florida, you can't have it's that. It's illegal in Florida. Yeah, then, then it's bad. Okay. It's basically a war crime. It's a war crime. Yeah, it's you can't even have that in war. You actually can't. Um, O'Brien also had two Uzi type style guns <laughs> however as long as his registration is in order most of these weapons were perfectly legal shot off shotgun no except for that Uzi's. okay but it Do gets you have your papers folks it gets better 
there were also two flamethrowers. <laughs> I don't know if they were those uh, Elon Musk flamethrowers or they, they were probably like real flamethrowers. He probably made them himself. He probably made them himself. Um, stashed in O'Brien's house, according to police, as well as thousands of rounds of ammunition. And is this guy like a cult yeah. leader? I mean, of course you need thousands of <laughs> this rounds. This is amazing. You have 50 shotguns. 50? There's only one guy. Was this guy married? I doubt it. Uh, other weapons on the premise, perhaps shockingly of all, there were three skulls. This guy is for real. I think he's like out of jail now. I don't know. But about 84 hours ago, we found out O'Brien was reportedly renting from the owner. Didn't so even he, own the house. Maybe if he didn't buy 50 shotguns, you could have bought the house. But, you know, I'm not, who am I to judge? I, I have too many guitars. Uh, this discovery was made even more terrifying on the circumstances under which it was made. On the night O'Brien was arrested, he was reportedly warning his victims about the rapture. Oh, boy. Well, that's nice. Yeah, he's, he's ready. He's trying to help people. He's real. He's like, it's coming. We have to arm. O'Brien allegedly broke into the home of a neighbor he'd never oh met before gosh. with a knife in hand. Imagine that. This is like from one of their album covers. Like, seriously. Um, according to the police, pushed a female to the ground claiming that aliens have landed. When the police arrived, O'Brien charged an officer with a Okay, dude, if you were black, you'd be dead. Okay, you're lucky you're Pat O'Brien in Tampa, Florida, because if you weren't a white guy, you'd have a hole in you for doing that. I want you to know that, Pat O'Brien, okay? And you have 50 shotguns, so they have a lot of fucking reasons to shoot you, and they didn't. So, you know, count your blessings, mister. Brian's house caught fire. How did the fire start? I don't know. Probably set it on fire. It's the he rapture. Was... The rapture happened in his house. A huge stash of ammunition. Other volatile substances caused the explosion, and the firefighters had to a leave. Keg of gunpowder. This is like legendary. Uh, federal agents. Why is this guy isn't doing like a hundred? I think this guy's at a jail. I don't think he's doing like a hundred years. I think they're like, oh, okay, it's Florida. It's self defense. You know, tobacco. Uh, for the ATF bureau um, are now involved with O'Brien's case. Uh, the guitarist has held overnight in a period in front of a judge on December 11th. This was last year or the year before that. The judge ordered him to undergo drug and alcohol evaluation. That's all. <laughs> we should we should check. He might have been drunk. Make sure this guy's okay. Yeah, I think he I think he is. I'm pretty sure he's like back in the like he yeah he's not off the roaster in the band like he's not like really like, yeah I'm pretty sure he's not. Um, I mean, what else is he gonna do? No, is he gonna get a normal job? Gotta let him. Uh, gotta let him back he, in the band. He's he's not going to get a normal job. <laughs> no. Um, the poor uh, the the condition of Brian posted fifty. He has fifty thousand dollars. He can't buy a house, but he has fifty thousand dollars bail. Um, he's got to be mobile. Yeah. He doesn't want to be tied down. That's true. Yeah, that's true. It makes sense. That's true. In this case, you're thinking strategically. The rapture's coming. Yeah, you don't want to own a house. You want to own like a trailer or something. Um, yeah. All so right, the um, over. that uh, that's. I didn't know that was that good. That was great. Like I don't. There's you cannot beat that in any way. Okay. Anyway. People. I feel like also important to note with Cannibal Corpses. I think. Definitely the laypersons, all of their uh, preconceived notions and stereotypes of death metal all come from Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, yeah, they're the most popular. Um, they're on they, fucking Ace Ventura. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were featured. I believe that was with Chris Barnes. And I believe it was Chris Barnes, yeah. I'm going to say that was Chris Barnes with them. Like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were featured. Yeah. Growing up in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. All I thought metal was was new metal and Cannibal Corpse, <laughs> Cannibal Corpse. which was yeah. so I knew about death metal and Cannibal Corpse was the only band I'd heard of, 
and I thought those were the two options of metal. Yeah, they're huge. I mean, there's no there's no way about it. Like, they're definitely the name you think of. And yes, they're part of the Florida death metal scene. So, Cannibal Corpse. Still around today. Still touring. Still re- releasing albums. Um, hopefully, uh, Pat O'Brien gets um, some finds something. Stay, stay real, Pat. I think he's found God already since he believes in the rapture. Like, well, no, it, it was the alien the rapture, though. So I don't know. Like, I don't. This is a good. I don't know what. Anything. Maybe it was an. Let's I don't get, know. Let's get yeah, this let's rolling. not even get into what he, Pat O'Brien was thinking. All right. Okay. This next band. They. It's called Monstrosity with their song Maniac from the Millennium album. This is their second album. This band was founded by future Cannibal Corpse orc human frontman Corpse Grinder. And Lee Harrison, um, who uh, was formerly of Malevolent Creation, he's one of their many drummers, though. Not necessarily not an important member of them. Um, this would be George Fisher, Corpse Grinders, final album with the Native Floridian band before replacing Barnes and Cannibal Corpse. Um, this band still exists today, with Harrison being the only original member. Um, I figured I would put them on the lists due to the Corpse Grinder credit. They weren't one of the more iconic bands, but you know, I was like, well, Corpse Grinder's in this band. I need to, you know, He's an icon. On. Yeah, he definitely is. You know, he's, he's a human orc. He has a orc tattoo. The, 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 the horde. He, he has the, the horde, horde tattoo. tattoo. Um, it includes many, a few different races, not just orcs. Okay, oh, so it's just so good. Like a, like a group, okay. Um, they're, maybe he's not an orc. He's like, no, I'm a goblin, dummy. Um, they're, uh... No, he's an orc. I'm an orc. I'm brutal. Um, they're a, part of a huge list in obscure Florida cargo shorts core bands. But like I said, I put them on there because they have that Corpse Grinder credit. You know, otherwise they were just some other band in this scene. You know, you know there were there were quite a few bands. You know, I found, but like I felt like a lot of them weren't worth putting. We'll mention some of them later. Like thrash metal, death metal, cropped up. Yeah, in this point, there's... Ton of, yeah, this is mid-90s. We're, we're talking like 94, 95 here at this point. And um, yeah, there's it's full right now. It's, you know, uh, there's pe- there's other people from in other parts of the world that have other plans. You know, they're looking at this and they're, you know, they're not liking it. You know, and you know how those people are. Let's move on to the top. <laughs> here we are. These, these guys are... Corner. And I could have put these guys earlier on the list, but, you know, I had to make you wait, so... <laughs> Because they were around since the late 80s. Like, they, they came out with the rest of them. You know, they're, you know. This is one of their later albums, too. This is Deicide, When Satan Rules His World, from the Once Upon a Cross album, which is probably the height of their career, this album as well. It's not their first. It's not Legion or Deicide or Self-Tiled. Um, now, I know all of you were eagerly awaiting for me to mention the most brutal of all death metal bands ever. Uh, I have so much to say about these guys. And, but let's start with the facts, which many of you out there think I always get wrong. Uh, but no, did my, did my, I did my research on these guys. Deicide. Definition. To kill God and all that is holy. That's the first thing I ever read about this band when I first discovered them in some random metal magazine in the early 90s. Formed in the late 80s by the Hoffman Brothers and drummer Steve Asham, uh, then finally recruiting vocalist and bassist Glenn Benton, which was their biggest mistake ever, <laughs> to complete the lineup of Deicide. Um, with their focus entirely on Satanism, blasphemy, and anti-Christianity, Deicide was the real thing. The, the evil... Um, the evil... The satanic panic warned you about in, around that time. Um, that didn't really exist in Judas Priest or Dungeons and Dragons was... Um, 
was 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 well, here. Was kind of, yeah. I mean, dur- so well, they during it. Saw well. the satanic panic, and you're like, yeah. I want to be that. Well, they formed during it. Like, okay. Yeah. You know, so they're like, yeah, we're, we're, we're gonna be that. You know, Jewish priest got some pussy. You know. Uh, seeing an interview with Benton in the 90s, and you can see the documentary, it's on, you know, it's on YouTube, you know, watch it, you'll see him, he's on it a lot, um, you would get the message of, um, uh, seeing an interview with Benton in the 90s, you would get the message of evil and satanic and the most brutal of all deicide was by this just is the guy that burned a cross into his forehead. Oh yeah, that's that right. Cross. I remember that. Back then everyone used to tell me, Oh, he burnt a cross into his forehead. You did. Yeah, I was like, oh my god. And I was no no, no I'll tell you I'll, I'll tell about it in a second. Um, yeah, but yeah, you know, this guy just has you know, he can't just be like, Oh yeah, I'm in a band called Deicide, we sing about Satan and stuff. He's like, I only sing about satanic lyrics. Nothing else. I mean you watch the thing, you'll be like, Wow, this guy's a funny guy. Um so, um, like, you know, like I said, it's, 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 it's hard to take seriously when you're actually watching him, you know, even when you're a teenager. I was um, about to say, when you're 14, maybe this is like, mm, You know, I, I was older than that, but, you know, I'll tell you my opinion in a second. Um, uh, I was about 16 when, you know, I was 16 year old Maledictus when, um, my friends were playing this because they had to be super edgy. Pause that. That song is over. <laughs> it's not a long song. And, um, you know, and, and as gullible as I was back then, upon hearing <clears throat> this album and this song from my friends who were trying to be as edgy as possible, because my friends are usually listening to Metallica or something, so they need something edgier. They need to, like, really scare the grown-ups with sometimes, which is why they would listen to this and Morbid Angel. And um, they played this song for me, you know, once upon a and they put it in my CD player. And, and I had to laugh out loud um, just, I was just like, wow, this is so edgy guys, you know, and they were just like, this is so evil, you know, you gotta, you gotta listen to this, and you know, and I heard, this the first thing I heard, open the door, Jehovah, you whore, and they, and, and, and my friends would actually just repeat that line over and over just to kind of scare people, like, man, if my friend, like Steve would come into the car, like, open the door, Jehovah, you whore, I was like, uh, okay, uh, 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 okay, you know, this is 16 year old me, and I'm, you know, and I'm just like, uh, oh, okay, yeah, you know, okay, guys, you could you could put it back in your pants now. Uh, yeah, so I wasn't, you know, I was like right off the bat, I was like, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, like yeah, you know, and if you had any sense, you were just like, you know, these guys just take it too far. I mean, when you're just like bragging about like I am so brutal and so satanic, you know, like no one's really gonna take that seriously. Like, does anyone actually take these guys seriously? Like, just, you know, they're, if they're gonna be they're satanic for you now. I'm gonna come. You are marked for death. You know, as a Glenn Benton saying. Um, you're going to cast a spell. Yeah, you're going to do that, Glenn Benton. Um, you're summon an, an Summon, summon uh, a Kako Demon. They have a song called Kako Demon, I remember. It was like, which is like a creature from Doom, right? Um, I was like, oh shit, a Kako Demon? I know that guy. I shot him with a shotgun in the face and he died um, on Doom. Um, so, but yeah, it was just funny to me. And um, if you read um, DSI's wiki, um, they are, you know, Full of super edgy antics that um, I can't possibly fit all in this particular podcast. But I should mention Benton's uh, hatred of the Norwegian black metal scene, um, obviously, because why would he like? Jealous. Yeah, he's like they're not brutal enough. But uh, believe it or not, DSI is still making records today with Benton and Asharm still in the band. 
maintaining. The, the Hoffman brothers uh, wisely left their own band 10 years ago to reform their original band, which they called Amon, which I've not heard from. You know, like, maybe it wasn't a good... They should Maybe they should have joined some other band that was kind of established. I don't know, but yeah. But yeah, that's the story in, in very quickly about the silliness of deicide. You know, like if you try too hard, I think people just notice and they're just like, well, what the fuck? What are you doing, man? And this was always that band for me. I could just never take these guys seriously, ever. You know, if you're going to be satanic about something, you got to do it, you know, subtly. Like, oh, you know, I just do, you know, it's private for me. My, my, my relationship. You either have to be open with the fact that you're just bullshitting. Yeah, or just be funny about it. Metal bands. Like Ghost or something. You know, you know, he's like, you know, he's. Or like. Doing his or thing. like Venom has said. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, no one was like, oh, Venom is so edgy. Like, they're like, these guys are just a bunch of drunk British guys. They're just playing if, around. If you asked about the Satanism. Yeah, like, they would be like, no. It's, they would be like, where is it? They, if, you talk, if you like interview the guy, like, they're, they're cool guys, you know. These like, are not, Deicide is not cool guys. Yeah. Like, Glenn Ben still has not let down. Like, if you see him in the 90s, he's like, I am so evil. I am evil incarnate. And you mean from today, he's like, I am still. It's like, Glenn, you're like 50. You could you could take it down a notch. You know, usually when people get older, they kind of take it down a notch. They kind of just naturally calm down. Maybe a little less testosterone in their blood, in their system. You know, but not him. So, yeah, whoever likes these guys. Well, I don't know anyone who actually likes the inside series. I think they're just really a joke of every, you know. They're they're always on the list of like you know Brutal. important death metal bands. But they're part of the big you know they their music you know if you if you take their music and not Glenn Benton's attitude yeah like oh, this is all right you know eh. this is part of you know it's part of the big four you could say. All right, you let's know? keep this moving. Let's keep it going. What do we got here? This is Morbid Angel again. Why? How would you put Morbid Angel on again? Because Morbid Angel's still around, still making records. This is of course is um, a different version of the band. This is Morbid Angel with Dead, D-E-A-D, Dead, uh, from the Kingdom of the Insane album. Oh, this sounds bad. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's death metal. Still doing death metal, right? Still with, It um, sounds so modern. Right? Ah. The production. It's not that, ah. it's, it's not that Morris sound anymore, you know? So, Morbid Angel's still around today, despite numerous lineup changes, with only Azegthoth, Azegthoth, remaining as an original member, the band still, um, ranks... Uh, um, ranks uh, high in the ranks of the classic death metal. Uh, Vincent, David Vincent, left the band ages ago and now currently fronts Ultimas. Ultimas is way better than this. We should, we should, you know, we should have put on both. That's listenable. They are. That's a death metal. We're not sure of death metal. We're really it's got the type of mayhem in it. That's good. It's, it's death metal, I would say. Yeah. Is it, is it like say. not black metal? Is it it's like, definitely more death. Than black. Okay. Yeah. That's 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 Ultimas with a V instead of a U, so it's as cavolt as fuck. You know, we wouldn't have it any other way. Um, Kvolt as fuck. Kvolt. Colt with a V. Turn this song off. Okay. Uh, but really quickly, though, um, on, on and off singer Steve Tucker once again finds it. And he's been, he's kind of gone on and off with Glenn Benton. I'm Glenn Benton, fucking David Vincent, Glenn Benton. Guy's invading my thoughts now. So he's got what he wants. Uh, yeah, so they have the original uh, uh, Steve Tucker, who uh, wasn't the original singer, but he was in the band on and on, as you know. Um, so yeah, that's what this is. So, next song. Uh-oh, it's these fucking guys again. How did Deicide come back? <laughs> this song is called Compliments of Christ uh, from the Overtures of Blasphemy album. And yep, still here. Still the most brutal. 
you know, latest work of Deicide. Still deiciding. Still deciding the Deicide. Yeah, I just thought I'm making a face. Yeah, I should have put Ultimas on it. Shouldn't I? The Deicide on again. I mean, I Still sound the same. Yeah, I mean, I never really liked Deicide. Yeah. Glenn Venton's a bass player. You can't hear, it's one of those bands you can't hear the bass at all. It's like there shouldn't have just not been a bass. I always used to think that back then. Yeah, it's just guitar and drums. I used to always think of that. I'm like, you can't hear the well, bass. drums definitely the centerpiece for death. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about the blast beats. You know. And, and you know, guitar. Especially, if, you know, in a band like the Morbid Angel, it's definitely a guitar-driven band. You know, you only have, like, a set of a guy like, you know, Azikoth. But, yeah, it's not bass heavy. No, though, in Morbid Angel, you can hear the bass, though. Especially when uh, David Bass is playing. Well, yeah, the progressive stuff. Like, uh, like that, the death and the philosopher. Yeah, you know, yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Obviously, you know, you're an atheist. Yeah, it, yeah, because the prog guys, the prog guys yeah, are all about bass. The bass. They want a full mix, you know. But David Vincent being a bass player, he want to kind of want himself to be heard as well. But David Vincent's like the nice version of Glenn Beck. <laughs> so yeah, what can I say? DSI still here, still going, and finally, last but not least, these uh, Kings of Cargo shorts are uh, still here. Obituary, straight to hell, off of self-titled Obituary. They, they named their latest album Obituary. That's, that's weird. Really? Yeah, kind of like, I guess like Metallica did that once. Yeah. I don't know. But um, yeah, like they're so groovy now. Yeah, they are very groovy. A little bit like our album, like I hate God. Get getting a little yeah. sludgy. He sounds exactly sludgy. like. Sludgy. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot more produced than obviously. But, I guess he's um, too old to do that. Yeah, you know, he's a big fan. They weren't. Yeah. They're, they're not growlers, though. They're more, you know, like, to me, like, you're always, I mean, you sound a little more like the guy from Possessed, you know, that kind yeah. of... Yeah, that kind of... Ugh. I think definitely the most accessible. You know, yeah, like, yeah, they're not, like, um, getting... They're not gonna be super brutal. You know, they're not trying... You know, they just wear their cargo shorts. They're not wearing upside down. They don't care. They're just guys. They, they might as well be a Leonard Skinner, you know? Um, they like the cargo shorts. You know, still rocking the oversized cargo shorts. We saw them on Saturday. Still doing it, you know? Bunch of big dudes right. with beards. They're okay, whatever, you know. And, um, they're like Floridians, man. I feel like this is just like a half step too fast to be sludge. Yeah, yes, yeah, definitely. It's not, they're never gonna go, Bleh. you know, a lot of death metal doesn't go, Bleh. doesn't get any slow. Like, some of it gets slow, like more of it like a little slow on that, but most of the time, but they kind of want to go, they're do, way do, do, do. closer to sludge than anybody else. These guys, yeah, these guys are groove. They have a groove to them, um, which is, you know, a very southern thing to do. Being that a lot of these bands are from Tampa, there's really not too many grooves to be found in a lot of the music, but these guys are okay with doing that. Other than death, see this part's very sludgy. See? Unfortunately, passed away due to unnatural but natural circumstances. Yes. Um, you know, all these bands are still somewhat. They seem to have personal strife yeah. that causes them to mix and match members. Yeah, there's a lot of um, um, borrowing from other bands. But um, there's not a lot of like, you know, it seems like personal instability that caused people to like die early, unless it's for health. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of or like, burnout. Like they just. Yeah. They're all kind of just. Just guys really, from Florida. Regular guys. Yeah, they are. Job. Like you know, you when um. I remember when that big hurricane hit Florida a few years ago. I remember seeing like corpse grinder on the news because you know he, was, he had to evacuate his family to, like a shelter. You know he had a he's a family. You know he's corpse grinder, but he has kids and a wife, and he had to protect them and bring them to a shelter. 
you know, because his house got flooded. Like this wasn't, this never had like a real rock and roll scene. No, no, there weren't too many egos besides Glenn Beck. They weren't, they weren't, yeah, there weren't too many egos. But like, you know, there's no Motley Crue story coming out about because there's no fucking, there's no fucking L.A. in this shit. This is, this is, this, you know, like the guys from New Orleans say, they say this is L.A. This, this is L.A. L dot. A, not L.A., like it says on that guy's guitar on yeah. I Hate God. Well, you know, I, was, just, I was reading that, uh, <clears throat> you know, especially back then, it was, uh, there were no girls yeah. at the shows. Yeah, you know. Too brutal. So, with the girls, Barbecue Glenn Benton comes bought, the drugs. Bought all kinds of girls. So, I guess keep women out of metal for the health. Keep women, it's just not brutal. <laughs> but there's plenty of girls going to death metal shows now. Oh, yeah, 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 it's... Uh, yeah, it's very, this has become very, I mean, the whole thrash death metal thing, you know, kind of together rose up again. I think thrash came out, started a little first, then the death metal band started trailing, you know, and black metal as well. But, but in a lot of ways, death metal, unlike thrash, never kind of went away in a lot of ways. You know, I think they, like, mostly survived. I think, so. I think a lot of yeah. these bands, they had, they took a pause in the 90s, in the late 90s. Well, Obituary is an example. They definitely took a pause they in the did. late 90s. They did. I'm pretty sure yeah. Did Morbid Angel as well? Some of them did. Like DSI didn't. Um, there's a couple of you know, for, unfortunately, you know, there's, you no know, one can stop them. You know, one can because we're so brutal. Well, this <laughs> isn't trying to play a Voivod song. Jesus Christ, <laughs> it's out of What's control. It's out of control. I don't like them. You don't. <laughs> They're one of like the lesser, you know, thrash. Anyway, um, but weird. um, uh, yeah, it's not the same. You know, it's a very different. It's Florida, you know, or you know, and obviously there's different scenes of this, which probably you know. Have, you know, behave differently, but you know, specifically in the Florida scene, you know, Florida has a certain kind of people. They're not, you know, they're not, you know, they're not from LA and they're not from New Jersey. You know, there, there's no, uh, there's no glamour to it. There isn't. There's no sex appeal. There, you know, you know, unless you're Glenn Ben. Anti-sex appeal. Glenn Ben's like the glammiest one of all of them. Mm, I think David. David Vincent kind of is too. Yeah, has his beat. But has I don't think. Beat. Yeah, I don't. I wonder if he was back then. I don't really know how he looked. He dressed. He back looked then. pretty good. But now he like you know has his cowboy hat. You know he's he's uh, the he's the death metal cowboy now. His cowboy hat. <laughs> but you know, uh, well let's like hey hold on. I didn't I didn't really get I, I, I didn't finish this here. This is kind of important. You know, Barry. You know, like we said before, Obituary took a few years off during the during you know just in time to miss new metal. They kind of were like let's get out of here. But um, probably returned upon realizing that new metal was a terrible choice, and um, thrash and death metal started started up again. So these guys, are like, hey, let's jump on that. Um, just a quick lineup fact here: uh, Terry Butler um, now is now on bass in this band. Well, we saw them, um, and not to be confused with Geezer Butler, because I think that's Geezer Butler's real name. Um, Butler is rather significant. I wanted to mention because um, on this playlist, he um, is on every band in this playlist. I just thought, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, a quick note of the incestual, the incestuous nature of these bands. It's just like the thrash was the same thing in San Francisco, you know, in, in New York as well. They were all kind of in each other's bands. But yeah, I just, with that guy, just one example I wanted to bring up of being literally on every band on this, like every band that we played, like he was in at one point or another. Um, um, so, and there's a couple of bands. I want to get into the couple of bands I left off here. And because I know you're like, you didn't mention you, you don't know anything. You're, you're a fraud. Yes, I am a fraud. Listen, send me your money. Okay. That's it. That's all I want. Maledict just wants your money to do this. He doesn't care about you. Honorable mentions for all the nerds out there that are screaming at their computers uh, for missing his bands. And I will mention them. 
because we didn't, you know, obviously, uh, I didn't want this playlist to go on forever. We don't have all night. Uh, I will mention. Why don't not- you move it on? <laughs> yes, I will. Yeah, you know, I'd rather talk than listen to music and play Jesus music. Christ. for you. I like the sound of my own voice in playing music. For Bands you. that were not mentioned. Yeah, we did not mention Nocturnus. Um, six feet. We did. We did. We, we did mention Six Feet Under, but we didn't play them. Um, Cynic, who's from Miami, but whatever. And uh, Massacre. Those are, you know, those are bands from this scene that we didn't mention. But, you know, we, we know they're there. We know you guys are there. Honorable mention, okay? We didn't get to put you on the playlist, okay? Said we'd rather put Deicide on twice, which probably <laughs> wasn't a good idea. Now that I think Nocturnus of it. Nocturnus is still around, too. Yeah, I was, I was about to put them on. I was listening to them. I was like, nah. It's bad, though. Yeah, I was like, nah. I was like, should I put on Nocturnus? I'm like, nah. I don't want to do another bit Sorry. on these guys. Sorry. You know, I was about, you know, I should have put my like, put six. They're Nocturnus AD now, though. Oh, 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 it's one of those uh, things. They got to do that thing. Yeah, it's one of those situations. There's a lot of those going on, right? There's a whole bunch of the Chromags are doing. There's a whole bunch of bands doing that right now. Um, but Entombed. Entombed. Uh, there's a whole bunch. Uh, but yeah, I should have put like six feet under on. I think they're kind of significant for, uh, you know, for this kind of thing. Probably should have put them on. But anyway, so that's the quick story of death metal in Tampa, Florida. Um, you know, we kind of went over it. Uh, Disclaimer, we're not really death metal people. Yeah. We're the, fucking this, posers right here. Yeah, this was a research project, so I had to really, you know, we had to watch that documentary that you've all seen that's readily available. You know, watch that like a hundred times. Just go on Wiki and just do tons of research on all these bands. I mean, I know, like I'm familiar with most of these musicians, you know, from other bands and stuff. You know, so I have like an understanding of it. You know, and I heard the basic gist of the story in the '90s, just like I heard the basic gist of black metal. Like I would always hear these stories. Oh yeah, they're all from Florida. You know, you know, and that's like what I knew. I knew kind of like that basic surface um, information on a lot of these guys, but I never really dug deep. And I think on this episode, we really dig deep. And this is what here here last metal podcast was supposed to do. We haven't done this in a while. We had to, you know do a a in depth analysis on what Florida death metal was. And I'm surprised my voice is holding up. It must have been that tea that helped Keep it me. moving. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that that is our... Uh, I would say I'm open to getting more into death metal, though. Yeah, we're going to do... Um, we're gonna, we're like, gonna I've reached episodes. that point in my metal journey where I'm ready. Yeah. You have to get prime for death metal, I think. Yeah. I, I'd rather stick with, like, you know... It's not a gateway drug. Yeah. Well, there's nothing... There's nothing really... I mean... It's a gateway to annihilation. Yeah. I mean, you can't go on... I mean... If you're gonna get to black metal, I don't think black metal is any more brutal than this. It's just a different way of rebellion against the mainstream. I mean, because black metal came around for the same reason as death metal. Some people say it was the next step. I don't really believe it was the next step from death metal. I think it was just like, hey, we don't like thrash either, but we're European. They love thrash. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but well, they wanted, but did. they wanted to kind of instead of death metal, who really took it to like this bare bones thing. Um, Black metal kind of wanted to dress up, even though black metal, original black metal, was very bare bones sounding. Extra, I mean, extremely punk rock sounding. Um, the early stuff. Black metal has an atmosphere, even the, the yeah the more primitive. Yeah, even even stuff. with what they, they had, have you know, more with their atmosphere yeah, even with their little Fisher Price microphone, they still kind of got that like the scariness that you really can't make here. But they they got to put makeup on and stuff, whereas the the, the death metal guys wanted to wear cargo shorts, you know, unless you're Glenn Benton, of course. Glenn Benton is the exception. Yeah, to what is what did Morbid, Morbid Angel dress like? Uh, I don't know. I, I think they, they had yeah, dressed like something. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, I think they were kind of so. doing something. But you know, like a lot of death, you know, like a lot of like the Florida thing, you know, because like, Cannibal Corpse certainly does not either. They're another cargo pants man, you know, and most clothing does not fit Corpse Grinder. So except for very <laughs> large cargo pants, I'm not, you know, 
but who's a very nice guy. The place where we got married, actually, uh, Cannibal Corpse played there like a few months before we got married. And we were talking to the staff of the place and they were just uh, saying how they were hanging out with Corpse Grinder, saying he's a very nice guy. And they knew exactly who he was. Like, oh, yeah, Corpse Grinder. about Target? Yeah, they were like, Corpse Grinder was here. He's really cool. I'm like, wow, Corpse Grinder. Like the same, you know, back rooms where we were getting ready, Corpse Grinder was in there, you know? A lot of people were probably in there doing coke back there, whatever they did. Yeah. But. but. Also of note, death metal is fucking surging hard today. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not just these old ass bands yeah. making shitty versions of themselves. And they're doing we it better. Have new vital young bands. They're doing it better than ever. New material. They're, they're they're doing it like bands like Tomb Mold. You see that with that singing drummer? It's like that's cool, man. Nobody ever did that shit before. Actually, no. Uh, one of these bands had a singing drummer. Um, I think I don't even know. But one of these bands, I was doing research and I forgot. At one point, they had a singing drummer, like, but they didn't continue it. But um, I forget who it was. But, but anyway, um, to, you know, Too Mold from Toronto is doing that. Another example of it. And and I can't say there's any death metal going on in Tampa right now because there doesn't need to be any. I mean, there might be. There might be, but it's I'm not. It's not localized. Yeah. yeah. Nothing's it, localized anymore. It, with the internet, you don't need scene anymore, anywhere. If you're, you know, if you're in a band, it doesn't matter. You can communicate with other musicians if you care to, you know, in Sweden, if you want, you know, and some, I think maybe some scenes are friendly. Like, I think Sweden is a lot of things, whether it's death metal or thrash metal or traditional. It's, it's a lot of it's going on there. There must be some place, must be some place that Sweden, you know, because I feel like there's a lot more is going on there. We should go there. Sweden, the place. Here lies metal field trip. Sweden. Here lies metal explores <laughs> the home of metal. Um, yeah. But, <clears throat> yeah, that's about all we have for um, this stuff today. We'll probably do the news next week, right? Because there's news. There's things going on in uh, the metal news. And uh, we should probably continue with this series. You know, maybe we could do Swedish. Do Sweden, Sweden next while we're, uh, there's a whole we bunch remember of, all this. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of, well, it's kind of hot on the iron. Um, they had a studio there, too. Yeah, there was a whole, you know, there's a whole scene of Sweden. And it's a different thing, Swedish death metal. You know, it's a, but, but, you know, the Swedes were kind of doing the death metal thing where the Norwegians were doing the black metal thing at the same time, which, you know, is interesting, which, you know, leads to a weird little rift. But, um, anyway. Anyway, so. Let's wrap it up. Let's roll the credits, people. Thank you for listening again. Be sure to follow us on social media, including. Twitter. Did you? Were you tweeting recently? I tweeted. You did. Because I, I don't like tweeting. I, I can. Can I? Can I leave that to you entirely? Because I, you know, I don't like the idea. I mean, of tweeting. I don't know if you can leave it to me because I tweeted once. Oh, like that's a fine. Year. Yeah, that's fine. You know, I don't like the whole idea of it. Just I just wanted the world to know that I thought it was funny watching a bunch of New York people go crazy over redneck stuff. Yeah. Like, you guys are not the intended audience. No. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not. I'm, not, I'm sure a bitch wears finally Yeah, yeah, they're, you know, they're at this point, you know. Guys, what are you connecting <clears throat> with on this song? Yeah, they don't, you know, they're like, hey, they want to do that. You know, they want to live that, too. You know, everyone wants to be from Florida right. sometimes. Uh, Get it while you can. Facebook at Here Lies Metal. Hey, check out Facebook. I'm always putting stuff up. You know, you guys see it. It's funny. I mostly steal stuff from other people because, you know, I can't make my own content. I just steal stuff from, like, Metal Sucks or something, whatever, whatever they're putting up. Um, I found this thing recently, and I, I put it up there. It was called Rigs of Dad. Just, I, I just, just, it's just, it's the funniest thing. It's because it's what's in my mind, and someone else was thinking the same thing, and they made a whole face. It's about like you know, those fat blues daddies that play at your local shitty club, and it's just, 
it's like the worst fears in my life and I can't stop watching it. I can't stop looking. It's gonna be you. I wrote my the band I'm in, I wrote them, I, I showed them that. I'm like, guys, if we ever become this, we have a pact to murder each other. They didn't think it was they didn't they didn't think it was I'm funny. I'm okay with you becoming that. I, 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 no, I want them to murder me. <laughs> they, they didn't think they didn't get it. They were I like, want you to die. They were, they were like I, when I said they were like what like they were kind of like that's lame. Like they were like they didn't get it because because they might be the, they they're might too be. old to get yeah, it. Yeah, they don't get it. Like I, I'm I'm they were like a few years older than me, but like I'm like I like I see that I'm like that is my worst nightmare. You're already there. Yeah, I know I could I could be one of those. Some of those guys are my age probably, but that's like when you don't you know you have like that I don't want to say the word the dad bod. You know, like that just, uh, that just, like, you don't... Yeah, I try up there. I try to look metal, you know? You can't... I don't think you can do that playing hardcore. Yeah, well, you could, you could easily wear cargo. You could, Rings you, of Dad does you, not play hardcore. You could look like that playing hardcore, though. A lot of guys, a lot of hardcore guys just look regular, you know? They just look like regular dudes. But some of those guys just look ridiculous with their shirts, with the flames on whatever those shirts that they wear, the bowling shirt. Yeah, that's... Just, ugh! Oh, just look at it. Just fuck, give that... Whoever made that thing, just look... Rigs of Dad, just look at it. It's It's... Uh, it's, it's just make it's make it's keeping me awake. Yeah, I love it. I just love it. It's just my favorite thing ever. Uh, I can't wait to what they post next. Anyway, Instagram, uh, Metalize here. We put on we put on some pictures. We put on some pictures of the of we saw what we see on Saturday. We uh, didn't only see obituary. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk about that. Let's, let's uh, we'll get to what we did. We get to see, we did get to see night night blah, 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 blah. Mid- night midnight. midnight. And I call them, I'm about to call them nightmare. Midnight, who are awesome, super, why aren't all bands conducting themselves this way? I don't know, because super awesome show, and these assholes didn't no, even appreciate it. No, let's not we'll it. talk about it right now. We'll talk about it on we'll, the news We'll talk episode. about it in the news episode. Stop. But, yeah, I just want to, you know, a lot of people aren't appreciative. Um, and a Gmail. Email me at the Gmail, herelivesmetal at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to Here Lies Metal on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, and Spotify especially. Don't forget to rate us, even if you hate us on, on iTunes. I think you can do that there. Um, if you hate us, oh, you have the power to destroy us. Not really. It is our passion to bring you, the listener, these tales of metal. However, if you'd like to support the podcast, once again, your donations are highly appreciated. You can Patreon me at patreon.com forward slash Here Lies Metal. Do it, won't you? Hey, we could use uh, some kind of new something here. Yes, we're, we're destitute. Oh yeah, I need a you know I need, I need a proper webcam. I'm using an SLR to webcam, which isn't a good idea. It's, it looks really good, but it's not. You know, I really shouldn't use it for that. If you could just all pledge me a very nice webcam, we would love you forever. Alright, this is too long. No, no, it's, it's a little over the uh, usual. <laughs> you can see where end using right there. Um, but yeah, so that's it. Um, Listen to death metal. Yeah, check it out. Check out what we're um, check out what we're talking about today. If you're not into it, find new death metal. But you know, don't really focus on these guys. Um, listen to what's happening today. On the death metal triangle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The death metal triangle is a great concept by Samantha. Like, per- <laughs> great sociological concept and, and model. Um, just perfect. And it's really death metal involves those three people. You know, it, it's just perfect. So maybe we should draw that. Maybe draw a picture of it. We'll draw a picture and post it, it, on, it, on, it, on, yeah, put it on the thing. Okay, folks. Uh, we'll see you soon. Maybe next week. Maybe yeah, we should just do it next week. But I've, I probably should do it next week. That's why I don't like give you these things every constant. Because, you know, like this. We'll do it in a week and a half. We're busy people. You know, we can't. You know, it is not my career to podcast. I wish it was. But, you know, we have a lot of things to do on the weekend. And, um, so, so 
Alright folks, stay metal and be deaf. Goodbye.